Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Hebrews 11.1, let's read. It says, what? Now faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for. The evidence of things, what? Not seen. For by it, for by what? Somebody got it. For by what? For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. How do you get a good report? By faith. Come on. How do you get your prayers answered? By what? Faith. How do you get your situation to turn around? By what? Faith. Okay. So, for by it, or faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The Word of God. So God spoke everything into existence. So that the things which are seen were not made of things that do what? Appear. So what's greater? Things that are seen or things that are not seen? Come on. Things that are not seen. There you go. If you're seeing your faith, it's not faith. Everybody with me tonight? If you're, not, if you're seeing your faith, it's not faith. Faith is in the unseen. Now, it says, by what? Faith, Abel offered unto God. Now, I want you to pay attention now. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was what? Righteous. God testifying of his gifts. Let's go to the next verse. And by it being dead yet speaketh. He being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death but was, found, but was not found because God had translated him. Or in other words, God took him on. For before his translation he had this testimony that he did what? Please God. How do I please God? I'm so glad you asked me. Verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please God. Let's say that one more time. For by what? Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. I want to please God. Do you believe Him? Now, before you answer that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that same question by the end of this message. Do you really believe Him? Amen? Somebody say, do I really believe Him? So, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must what? Believe that he what? Is. And that he is a what? Rewarder of them that diligently do what? Not knock on his door every now and then. Come on. Not show up to church sometimes. Not read your word sometimes. Not pray sometimes. But diligently what? Seek him. Okay. Now, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared what? An ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by what? Faith. By what? Come on, help me out. By what? Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place that he should uh, after receive for an inheritance, oh, what, uh, what did he do? He obeyed. So God told him to do something, and what did he do? He did it. Okay. All right. And he went out not knowing whether he went. Somebody say, that's faith. We want God to, to spell out every single step. Come on. We want God to tell every little detail. We want everything all planned out. We want to know where we're stepping at next. But let me tell you something. You're going to be very disappointed if you're thinking that. Because God is going to have you go to where you don't know where you're stepping. Come on, somebody. He's going to have you do things that you're not certain of how the outcome's going to come. But you've got to believe and trust Him. Amen? Okay. So... By faith he sojourned into, a, into the land of promise in, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him 
of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had a foundation whose builder and maker is what? God. Now I could go on down and on down and on down in this message and tell you about, about what people did. Now, I'm going to teach you something tonight about what faith is. And you say, well, okay, this is message 999, right? Of you teaching us what faith is. But I'm going to teach you something different in here tonight because I think it's very well needed in the body of Christ. Because let me tell you something. We have been deceived by the enemy. You say, how do you know? Or or what do you mean? Let me tell you how. Because we've been deceived because the enemy has slipped or or, or slipped in, if you want to call it, has slipped in through the church and has convinced the body of Christ that we need to do nothing else but just believe in our heart that God's going to do something. Come on. He promised us something. We don't know exactly what He promised or or how He's going to do it, but we just have to believe that God's going to do something and just one day we're going to wake up and it's going to be here. Right? That sounds real good, doesn't it? The only problem with that is, is I just read to you, Hebrews 11 is, uh, is the Bible's faith hall of fame. Okay? If you made it in Hebrews 11, you made it as God's man or woman of faith. And if you notice something here that... The men and women that we read about right here, and you can go on down through the chapter, you will read that every one of them that said that they believed God, guess what? They did something. Uh Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Because we can say, we say something, don't we? Oh, praise the Lord. And you know, I believe God healed. I believe God will bless me. Oh, I just believe God will do this and I believe God will do that. We're good at saying things. But you've got to understand something in here. Faith is not a feeling. You need to write that down. Faith is not a feeling. And it's not an emotion. And it's not even just saying something. You want to know what faith is? Faith is what? Action. Say that with me. Faith is action. Action is faith. There's no difference. You, matter of fact, let me say it like this. Without action, there is no faith. Did you hear me? Without action, there is no faith. If, the, if every person in this chapter right here would have had the same attitude as most people do about the things of God and about the promises of God, let me tell you something. They would not be in this chapter. Hello? They would not be in this chapter because so many times we want to sit back and do nothing. God, let me tell you something. How many has received a promise from God? How many? You've received promises from God, okay? Watch this. Without even knowing specifically what God told you. Alright? I may not specifically know. I can guarantee one thing. Are you ready? I guarantee you He stapled obedience to it. Guarantee it. (laughs) If God promised to heal you, I guarantee you He told you to do something to get it. Did you hear me? If He told you that He was going to bless you, He's going to bless you in business or whatever, I guarantee you, as sure as my name is Robbie Bear, I guarantee you that he stapled obedience onto it. I guarantee you, he said, if you do this, this, and this right here, then I am going to bring this forth. Faith is what? Action. He t- <laughs> Can I be a little open real quick? Now, now, there's a lot of adults in here, so listen to me when I say this. All right, how many knows that when Abraham was promised a child, he was very, very, very old? Most of us would have said, he's getting ready to go to Beulah land. Come on. He was very old, right? So was Sarah. Okay? Now watch this. Now watch this. When God promised him this, he was at that stage, right? Now watch this. He didn't, he didn't say, okay, God, uh, all right, thank you for promising me that. And, and just whenever you're ready, uh, Sarah's just going to get pregnant magically. She's just going to get pregnant. Some of y'all getting it. Come on. Hello? Right? We know how that works, don't we? We're all adults, right? 
But guess what? Abraham had to do something. Sarah had to do something. It wasn't just going to fall in their lap. Can somebody say amen? How many knows how that works? It don't just fall in your lap. Amen? It is Even though God promised them. Hey, they had a promise from God, right? There's nothing any greater. There's nothing any more, uh, nothing more powerful than having a promise from God. But yet it was stapled onto Abraham's obedience. Somebody say amen on this if you're with me. I guarantee you, listen to me, just because God has promised you something, it does not mean it will come to pass if you just sit back and say, well, you know what, God, one day when you're ready, it's just going to fall in my lap. I can tell you right now, it's never going to come forth in your life. Never. It's never going to come forth. And you're never going to make God's faith hall of fame. Faith is action. Write this down if you're taking notes. To prove to you, let me tell you something. Here's what, most here's what most people think. Are you ready? Now, pretend we're getting ready to go down a, a huge cliff, okay? What do you need? You need rope, right? Come on. How many's ever done that? Well, you jump off and you let the rope catch you, right? Jump again and let the rope catch you. All right. Now, pretend everybody's doing that, okay? Now, watch this. Most people think that faith, ready? That faith is believing that the rope can hold you. Right? And most of you agree, right? Hey, that's what faith is, right? Believing that the rope can hold me. Can I tell you something? That's not faith. Look, it got real quiet. Let me do it one more time. I'm here to teach tonight. I'm not here to preach. Listen. Faith is not believing that the rope could hold you. Anybody can do that. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, I know God's going to do something. I just know, I know He'll heal you. But I know He'll do this and He'll do it. That's not faith. And that's what we're good at, church. Let me tell you what faith is. Faith is leaning back on the rope. Oh, somebody got it. Come on. Faith is not believing. Hey, that rope can hold me. Uh-uh. Faith is... Leaning back on that rope and going down that cliff. That's what faith is. And you see, when push comes to shove, that's where people are separated. You have the people that talk about it, and then you have the people that will be about it. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what God is looking for. He's looking for some people that will be about it. You love the promises of God? I, yes, that's good. I love the promises of God. But let me tell you something. God always stamps obedience to it. The question is, are you going to be obedient to what God said to you so that you can receive the promise? Oh, come on, somebody. Will we be obedient to what God told us to do? Or will we meet the stipulations of what God said to receive it? Let me tell you what you have to have. You have to have a whatever-it-takes attitude. How many are... I, most of you raised your hand when you received a promise of God, right? How many wants that promise? Raise your hand. I mean, you really want it. If you really want it, let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to do whatever it takes to get it. To receive a promise from God, you must have that whatever it takes attitude. Everything that, you, that we read right here of Abraham... Isaac and Jacob, of all these other people, of Noah receiving the things of God, from, from Abel receiving the things from God, every one of them, all, all of it was tied to what they did, not what they said. Mm -mm -mm. Now most of you if, you, if you've been here at church long enough, most of you know that I'm all about, hey, watch what you say. Speak life. Don't speak death. Speak life. Don't, don't say you're scaring me to death. Come on. You're going to take yourself there. How many knows there's power in your words? There is power in your The Bible says that the power of death and life is in your tongue. But, watch this. We must go past confession to possession. 
Oh, church, I feel that in here tonight. Can I say it one more time? Let me tell you something. We must go past confession. I love to confess what God's going to do. Don't you? I love it. I love to confess, hey, God's going to do this and He's going to do that. And He told me He was going to do it. Just sit back and watch it. I love to do those things. But there must come a time, church. How many ever gets tired of confessing you want to possess it? Come on. That, that better be everybody in here. There ought to come a time where we go from confession to possession. And the only way that you can go from confession to profession, or possession, excuse me, is you must do something. There must be some action. Amen? The final test, and Josh spoke about this a few Sundays ago, the final test of Abraham was he had to take his son, put him on the altar... And slay him, right? For, to, to see what? To see if he would trust God. Was, it God. was it God's ever intention to kill Isaac? Absolutely not. What proved me that? The ram that was in the thicket. It was never God's intention. But it was absolutely God's intention to see if Abraham would do something. Can I tell you something in here tonight? Whatever God told you, He was waiting to see if you would do something. Would you go as far as you needed to? Would you go that extra mile? Oh, come on, church. Would you, would you go when it was tough and when it wasn't easy? You see, these are all things that God wants to see from you. And these are, you say, well, God knows everything. Yeah, but you need to see it also. You don't appreciate something until you have to work for it. Oh, I lost about 20 people. Let me say one more time. I said, you don't appreciate something until you have to work for it. When you have to slave and sweat and push and drive for something, when you receive it, you, you treat it as precious, don't you? See, that's with the things of God. See, you've got to fight for your promise. You, you've got to make war with you. You think the enemy's going to lay down? You are crazy. You've done lost your mind. The enemy's not going to lay down just because God said, he said he's going to do something in your life. That's when he's going to fight you the hardest. But is there anybody in here by the sound of my voice that says, I want to make it in that hall of fame. I want to do something for God and I want to receive my promises. Somebody say faith is action. Faith is not believing the rope will hold you, but faith is leaning back on it. Ooh, I love that. Now, watch this. Do you know, now watch this, do you know in the Hebrew there is no noun form of the word faith? How many knows what, the, how many went to English? Noun is what? A person, place, a thing. Right? Every form of the word faith that you read in the Hebrew language is a verb. You know what a verb is? Oh, God. I love it. Say it one more time. Action. You standing up here telling me what you believe is doing absolutely nothing. But you, when you show me what you believe, that tells me everything. Do you understand? How many... Uh, how many ever heard that saying, actions speak louder than words, right? My God, if there was any, any, anything that was more true in the Word of God, it's that statement right there. And when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God, actions speak louder than words. Do you want to know why the world doesn't take most of the church serious? Because we're all talk. Somebody say amen. I know it hurt, but say amen. We are all talk. When push comes to shove, we don't want to do anything radical. We don't want to step out in our comfort or step out of our comfort zone. We don't want to do anything that's going to challenge us. So therefore, we get into the, the, the message of just speaking the word. Oh, I'm just going to speak it. I'm just going to speak. I'm going to wake up every day and say, I'm going to prosper. And then go and sit on the couch and not go to work. It don't work that way, church. Come on. We know that. 
It's the same thing. It's the same thing when it comes to your body. You can speak by your stripes or by his stripes. You're healed all day long. But if you're not doing anything to exercise that faith, who are you kidding? I mean, listen, I could get up here and I could tell you what you want to hear or I could tell you what you need to hear. Somebody say amen. Faith is action. You tell me what you believe by what I see you do. Oh God. Let me say it one more time over here. I said, you tell me what you believe by what I see you do. That, that's just it. There is no noun form of the word faith. So every time God talks about faith, He's talking about an action. So every time you see the word faith in the word, or you, can, you can replace it with action. Because let me tell you something. Everywhere there was a miracle, everywhere there was a healing, everywhere that there was a breakthrough in the Word of God, you're going to see somebody doing something. Somebody say amen on that. You're going to see somebody doing something. Because that is what God responds to. That's what we respond to. Amen? Somebody can tell us that they love us all day long. But the question is, if I'm in trouble, will you be there? If I need you, will you be there? If I need somebody to talk to, will you be there? All those things are acts of love, right? Those are acts of love. But if I don't do those things, but all I tell you, I make sure I tell you, oh, I love you, I love you, I'm not going to be there for you. Uh, When you call me, I'm not going to answer. Come on. Uh, When you need to talk, I ain't got time for you, but I love you. What does that prove to you? Nothing. You, You tell me you love me with your words, but your actions tell me otherwise. Amen? We got a lot of people in the church that are telling God they believe Him, but their actions are telling Him something else. So if there is no noun for the word faith, then that means that every time that God is asking me to believe Him, He's asking me to do something. Say that with me so I know you got it. When God asks me to believe Him, He's asking me to do something. Ooh, Lord Jesus. You see, that's why, let me tell you something, that's why a lot of people don't like the faith message. Because it challenges you to have to do something. How many remembers the, the man at the pool when the angel would come down, I believe it was once a year, and trouble the waters? And for 38 years, he sat there, and he sat there, and he sat there. He, he believed, now watch this, he absolutely believed in his heart that if he got in that water while it was troubled, he was going to be trouble free. He absolutely believed that. But he did not have action behind his faith. We got a lot of people saying that they believe God. But why don't you put some action behind it? Somebody say amen. If you really believe that God will heal your body, put some action behind it. You say, my body hurts. My body's doing this. Will you tell your body what to do? Tell your body what to do. Get up every day. You speak life over your body, but you can't stop at just confession. You got to start possessing this. You go and say, this body's going to walk. This body's going to clean the house. This body's going to go to work. This body's going to do everything that God created it to be able to do. And I promise you, I promise you, you're going to find out that the enemy is going to back up off of you. Not because of what you said, but because of what you did. Woo, glory to God. The woman with the issue of blood did not get healed until she'd done something. (laughs) Blind Bartimaeus did not get healed of blindness until he'd done something. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, do something. The grace message today. How many knows what this grace message today is? Come on. This grace message today is sweeping the land and it's full of this right here. 
God loves you right where you are. You don't have to change. God knows you're not perfect. He knows you fail. He knows you struggle. You just keep on keeping on. You, you know, He knows all this, blah, 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 blah. And it's doing nothing but cheating people right out of their blessing. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's doing nothing but cheating you out of what God promised you. Because you see, that's what the enemy wants from you. He don't care if you receive a promise from God. As long as you don't do nothing about it. Somebody say, hey. He don't care. Do this right here and I'll heal your body. The, the enemy's not shook up by that if you don't do what God said to get your healing. Because he knows what? Guess what? If there's no action behind your faith, you're never going to receive it. Somebody say amen. You're never going to receive it. So this grace message today... Where it sounds good, but there's no change. There's no pressure to change. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you ever do the walk of God, you're going to want to change. The walk, listen, this Christian walk with God demands change from you and I. The pastor's not exempt. The praise leader's not exempt. Nobody's exempt from this. God is always challenging us to become more like Christ. Somebody say amen. He is challenging us always to, to be thinking more like Him, talking more like Him, doing more like Him. And this grace message today, it's a twisted version of grace that wants to keep you where you are. Oh, just as long as you show up, that's all that matters. No, that's not all that matters. It's robbing you of your promise. It's robbing you of your blessing. Go to Romans 4.16. Now read this right here. It says, therefore it is of what? Help me out. Faith. That it might be by what? Okay, we're going to get to something here. To the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, which was all the descendants of Abraham, not to uh, that only which is of the law, but also that which is of the faith of Abraham. Somebody say, I am the faith of Abraham. Who is the father of us all. Now go to the amplified version real quick. It says, therefore, inheriting the promise. Oh, okay, that's what we want, right? We want it. We want to receive it. The promise depends what? Read this with me. Entirely on what? Which is what? Action. So inheriting the promise that God made me revolves entirely around the actions that I take to go after it. That is the confident trust in the unseen God in order that it may be given as a what? Act of grace. His unmerited favor and mercy, so that the promise will be legally guaranteed to all the descendants of Abraham. Not only for those Jewish believers who keep the law, but for all the Gentile believers. Somebody say, that's me. Who share the faith of Abraham, who is the spiritual father of us all. Now read this right here. Now, we all want grace, right? Come on, you, you, can't, you can't do anything without grace, right? Everybody today is all about grace. Grace, 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 grace. And we say things like this. You ready? Now, 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 if this is you, don't raise your hand now. Now, we say things like this in the church today. God understands when I'm not fully faithful. God understands when I'm not fully faithful, right? God understands if I don't do what He tells me because He knows I'm going through a lot. How many has ever used that? Well, you know, God just understands. I'm just going through a lot lately. I know what He told me to do. I know what He said I need to do, but, but I just can't do it right now because I've got a lot going on and this, this, this. How many has ever used that example? Let me say right here. No. God understands when I'm not fully faithful. No. God understands when I don't do what He tells me because I got a lot going on. No. Say it with me. No. That's completely crazy. You say, why would you say that? 
This is why. God does not accept excuses. You want to know why God does not accept excuses? Because anything He told you to do, He has enabled you to do it. Come on. It would be no different if we got up to the cash register and I said, here you go. Here's $5 to buy you a pack of gum and a Mountain Dew. And you say to me, but I can't. I don't have the money. <laughs> Let's rewind. I just gave you $5 to buy the, the pack of gum and a bottle of Mountain Dew. And you still again say to me, well, you know, I just can't do it right now. That's how God looks at us. There's no excuse for that. When God says, hey, if you do this right here, I'm going to bless you. He has told you, I have enabled you to do this. Do it so I can bless you. Do it so I can bring forth my promise. Because the whole idea of God promising you is to fulfill it. Do you understand that tonight? God does not just go around saying, well, you know, I think I'll promise this to this one. And I think I'll just, I'll just say I'm going to do this to that one over there just to keep them going. Uh-uh. You need to understand that tonight. The whole point of God promising you something is so that He can do it in your life. So that He can display His glory in your life. So that He can get the praise. Because He knows whatever He promised you, guess what? You are not able to do it. Woo, somebody say glory on that. You're not able to do it. So, but, but listen, when God tells you to do how many remembers when God called Moses? How many remembers it in Exodus? God, I mean, Moses was pulling out every excuse he could. And they were good excuses. He said, listen, I've got a stuttering problem. And you want me to go speak to the president of Egypt? That's a good excuse, right? You want to send me as your ambassador to the president of Egypt? God, you got to send somebody. I can't even get my words straight. But guess what? God said, that's no excuse. He said, oh, I'm just not qualified. Go send somebody else that's more qualified. Go send, I, I, you know, I, I've done bad things. I've done this. I've messed up in life. I've had failures. You need to get somebody that's more qualified for this job you're asking. And God said, that's no excuse. He said, I made your tongue. I can make it to speak. Aren't you glad to know that you serve a God that will take your excuses and make them as if they're nothing? Oh, come on. Can we just give him a hand clap of praise on that? Come on. There is no excuse. If God is telling us to do something, there is no excuse. Ladies and gentlemen, when God told me to start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, there was no excuse that I could make up as to why I couldn't. I had to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith. Did I want to at first? Let me be real with you. No. I thought, man, I'm going to look crazy. I'm going to look foolish. I don't even know what to say. And when the first time I got up, I probably only spoke five minutes worth of words and sat back down and I thought to myself, man, I am not doing this again. But I done it anyways. Why? Because I wanted to receive what God promised me. Are you here with me, church? I wanted to receive. So I was willing to do whatever it took. And let me tell you something. That meant preaching and then going home and crying my eyes out. That meant preaching and walking sometimes to go preach. Come on, Josh. That mean, that mean, listen, that meant going to preach even when you came home and people were buying your couches and your TV and, and you, you repossessing your vehicles just so you can make it by. That means even when things are not good, you still go after it. You want to know why? Because I wanted what God promised me. And watch this, watch this. I had the mindset nobody was going to stop me from doing it. Now listen, if I asked every single one of you, are you, why are you not doing what God told you? I'm pretty sure you could come up with some good excuses. I mean, all of them would probably be legit, right? But they wouldn't be to God. But I guarantee you, watch this. If you had this attitude, nobody's going to stop me from receiving it, you wouldn't make excuses. We wouldn't make excuses. Let me tell you something. Here's what I found out about humanity. Are you ready? 
When we want to do something, we'll let nothing stop us from doing it. I mean, you look, look at mankind. Look at the feats that we've accomplished. Look at how we've went to the moon and we're flying around the world one stop, just flying around all these different technology devices and all these things. All of it is because somebody refused no. What can the body of Christ do? If we say, you know what, God has promised me something and I don't, come, I don't care come hell or high water, I will not let anything stop me from receiving it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. If God wants me to do ten jumping jacks, I'm not going to do nine, I'm going to do ten. Are you hearing me in here tonight? If God wants me to run a mile, it might be a little tough, but I'm going to run that mile. Are you listening to me? Why? Because I want the promise of God. Do you want the promise of God in here tonight? Come on, give him some praise. Do you want the promise of God? Now, I know you want me. Listen, I would love for somebody to tell me, hey, all you got to do is sit back and God's going to do it. That'd be awesome. But it don't work that way. You've got to go after it. Amen. You've got to go after it. God says you have to do what I've told you to do to receive it. Now, listen here. So watch this. A lot of people think that God is just going to one day say, okay, you know what? You didn't want to do it my way. Let's do it your way. I know I said you got to do this to receive it, but hey, if you don't want to do that, then we'll do it your way. How many believes that God would do that? Oh, I see no hands. That's very good. Very good. Because let me tell you something about God. He never changes. He, and let me tell you something. He can outlast you, I promise you. All you got to do is look no further than the Israelites. God said, do it this way and you go into the promised land. No, I'm going to do it this way. Do it this way and you're going to go into the promised land. No, I'm going to do it this way. Until finally, guess what? God won. Let me tell you something about God. You can either do it the easy way or the hard way. But one way or the other, God's will will be done. I promise you, God's will will be done. And let me tell you something from experience. There's some things, church, I've done the easy way with God. There's other things that I've done the hard way. So speaking as a man from experience, take the easy way. It's a whole lot nicer. Somebody say amen if you're with me. It's a whole lot nice. Just do what God said. It's so simple. Listen. <clears throat> so we talk about grace, right? We talk about grace. But there is no receiving the promise without faith. You said, I received, you raised your hand early and you said, I received a promise from God. Well, guess what? Unless you do what God told you to do, you will never receive it. Oh, but God promised me. Yeah, but you got to do something too. Now watch this. Now here's the point where people say, okay, well hold on a minute. The Bible says that in grace there's no works. It's not by works. It's by grace that we receive the things of God, right? Well, I got something for you. Watch this. You know what grace is? Grace is not, I'm going to do this and repent later. No, that's not grace. Grace says, grace empowers you to do what you couldn't do before with God. You see, the, if you try to live by the law, by your human strength, you will fail miserably. If you try to live by the dash, shall not do this and do that and do this and do that, don't do this and don't do that, and you try to do it in your flesh, you are going to fail miserably. But when grace came along, you know what grace was? Grace empowered us to do the will of God. That means, let me tell you something, if you're battling temptation or if you're battling the urge to quit or whatever, that's where grace kicks in and says, hey, I, I, I'm tapping into a strength that I didn't have before. You see, let me tell you something. You can go a little while in your strength, 
but you're going to find out real quick. You're not going to be able to go much further. But if you tap into that strength that is in God's grace, if you tap into that might that is in God's grace, you're going to find out that you're going to go further than you ever thought you could in God. You're going to experience things and go through the storm and go through the trial and go through the fire that you thought that you would never make it through. If there's anybody in here that's a witness with me, put your hands together and give God some praise. That is the grace of God. That is the grace of God. So let me tell you something. There is absolutely works in grace. Absolutely. The difference is, is now you have grace empowering you to do a work that you could not do in your own strength. How many in here is saved tonight? Do you know how you got saved? You done something. You done something. Guess what? Guess what? If you don't keep doing something, you're not going to make it to heaven. Everybody with me? You say, what are you saying? What do we have to do when we get saved? We have to start living according to the Word, right? Somebody say works. We have to start doing the works of God. How do you think you do that? You only do that by the grace of God. So let me tell you one more time. This grace message today, you better turn it off. Because it's deceiving you right out of your promise. It's deceiving you right out of your blessing. Is there grace today? Absolutely. I thank God for His grace. I thank God for His mercy. And I thank you for His unfailing love. Let me show you tonight how God's grace works. God's grace only works if I'm going towards what He told me to do. Now watch this. Watch this. Okay. So pretend like my promise is over there. Okay? Now, I'm walking towards it. This is me believing God. I'm walking towards it. Okay? Now listen, I might stumble along the way. Can I be real with you? I might stumble along the way. I might even get a little sidetracked along the way. But my whole purpose and goal is to get to that promise. My whole purpose is to obey God. Can I tell you something? The whole time I'm going, watch this, the whole time I'm going, if I stumble, God's grace comes in. If I make a mistake, God's grace comes in. If I fall flat on my face, God's grace comes in. And it picks me up and it keeps pushing me forward. That's how God's grace works. That's why those of you listening here, if you're doing what you're called to do, and you know you've made mistakes, and God doesn't acknowledge them, and you say, what's going on? God is covering you with His grace. The Bible declares the more gifting you have, the more work you have to do for God, the more grace it takes for you to do it. Now, but watch this. My promise is up there, right? What God told me to do is that way, right? If I deliberately, watch this, if I deliberately go this way, and I fall, there's no grace to cover me. If I stumble, there's no grace to cover me. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, God is definitely covering you with grace. No, there is grace if you repent. Oh, somebody got that. Come on. There is grace if you repent. The word repent means to turn from, what you, from the direction that you were going. You see, as long as I'm going in the direction that God does not want me to go, as long as I keep doing what God told me not to do, then there is no grace to cover me. That means when I fall, there's nobody there to pick me up. But the good news in here tonight is if I repent of my sins, if I repent and say, God, now I'm ready to do what you want me to do. I'm ready to obey you. I'm ready to go after what you promised me. Then, ladies and gentlemen, grace kicks in. That to you was about a five or ten minute explanation of what grace truly is. Grace empowers me towards His will, not from it. 
Somebody say amen if you got that. Hallelujah. Now, go to Psalms 119. It says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. What caused me to hope? What he promised me. Somebody say his word. This is my comfort in my what? Affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. The proud have uh, had me greatly in derision. Yet have I not declined from your law. Now watch. Those of you that are watching by Facebook or TV or in here tonight, if you're using this excuse, well, God, I would do something. I'll do what you told me to do. I'll believe you. I'll trust you if you make a way for me to do it. In other words, here's what they're saying. God, I will do something if you make the way easy for me to do it. Notice what he said. He said, your promises, your word has caused me to hope and it has comforted me in what? In affliction. So in other words, he said, listen, here's what your promise did for me. It helped me when I was going through trouble. A lot of times we'd say, God, I would do what you call me to do, but I'm going through trouble right now. Come on, we've all used that excuse. God, I would obey you, but I'm going through something right now. I'm telling you that that's when the promise is at its most effective. That's when, you, that's when your promise or the word that God has given you is at its most comfortable. Because you see, when you're going through something, you have that promise that it's not always going to be like this. Come on, somebody. You have that promise. I know it's tough right now. I know you're going through stuff right now, but you've got that promise that and it's not always going to be like this. My healing's coming. My miracle's coming. My deliverance is coming. Come on, somebody. My promise is coming. And what does it cause you to do? It causes you to get up and go after it. If there's anything that the promise from God causes you to do, it does not cause you to sit back and be passive. It does not cause you to keep going like you're going. No, it causes you to get up and do something. The enemy wants to discourage you. Of course. So many, like I said earlier, so many people are amazed when they receive a promise from God and then affliction comes. Again, you... I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I, start, I stepped out and did what God told me to do, and it felt like hell was fighting me every which way. Duh. Come on. That's, the, that's what the enemy does. Come on. He wants to stop you. But guess what? He can't. Come on. He can't stop you. He wants to stop the promise of God from coming in your life. That's why He's fighting you. But you can make up your mind tonight, those of you that's listening, you can make up your mind tonight that you're going to go anyways. Come on, somebody. You're going to show up and be faithful anyway. You're going to sing anyway. You're going to preach the gospel anyway. You're going to pray for people anyway. You're going to be faithful and obedient to what God said anyway because that Word is your comfort in affliction. Oh, come on. <laughs> I see I'm preaching to myself tonight. Now listen. Even if the enemy or people are coming against you, you must continue to walk in action towards your promise. If you do that, guess what? How many woke up this morning? Every day you wake up, you're a day closer. Church, I don't care what nobody says. As long as I'm walking towards that promise. As long as I'm doing what God told me to do. Every day I wake up. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But every day I wake up, I'm that much closer to the promise. But if I'm passive and just say, well, you know what? I can't do this and I can't do that. When I wake up, I'm no closer than I was yesterday. Let that sink in. 
Hallelujah. You don't have to love me right now, but you're going to love me later. I promise you. Psalms 119, 59 and 60. It says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimony. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Those of you in here by the sound of my voice, you know whether you're doing what God told you or not. I want you to stop right now and think. That's all you got to do. When you stop and you think, and you, when you weigh out everything that's at stake, future, no future. Receiving the promise, no promise. Doing everything that God's called me to be and have fulfillment in life are knowing that I missed out. Just take a moment to stop and weigh it out. Is it worth going after? Is it worth pushing through? Is it Is it worth to wake up every day and keep doing and continually being faithful to God? To continually show up to church? To continually do what I know God has called me to do? Is it worth it? I promise you, if you weigh it out, he said, I thought on my ways. In other words, think about the direction you're going right now. Are you, watch this, are you going in the direction of your promise? Or are you going in this direction? This is serious. Think on your ways. Watch this. He said, when I thought on my ways, it caused me to do something. He couldn't sit back. Oh, my God. Somebody get this. He couldn't sit back. He couldn't use these slogans no more. I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on this to happen. I'm just waiting on that. I'd step out in faith, but I'm waiting on this to happen. He didn't do any of that. He made haste. The Bible said, I made haste, and I turned my feet unto His testament. You know what He was saying? He said, I turned back, and I started focusing on what God promised me. And I started focusing. My God, we, I thank God that, God that Mom tapes a lot of the prophecies that's been given in this church. And, and I know some of you, he, she sends it to you so that you can keep replaying it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you need to keep doing. You need to keep replaying in prophecy. You need to keep replaying in words because it's going to turn your feet unto His promise. What's it going to do? It's going to make you do something. If you truly believe that God is the healer, it's going to make you go after it. If you truly believe that God is your provider, it's going to make you go after it. If you truly believe that God is going to do what He said, then it's going to make you go after it. A job can't hold you back. A family member can't hold you back. An illness can't hold you back. I'm telling you, if God said you can do it, you can do it. Woo! Now, watch this. How many was here when I first opened the church? Okay, not everybody. Watch this. <coughs> so I was, I was really... It was really bearing witness in my spirit. And, I, and mom and dad remember this. And even care. I tell them, I, say, I really feel like God wants us to start a church. I really feel like God. And, and at first, they was like, well, I don't know about that. Okay? Mom and dad was like, I don't know about that. Until I got somebody who messaged me on Facebook that didn't know. I didn't know her from Adam. She didn't know me. Didn't tell nobody what I was praying about. Didn't, didn't let nobody have a clue what I was praying about. She messaged me in the middle of the night. She said, I cannot rest until I tell you this word from the Lord. God said, it's time to start a church. If you step out in faith, He will make a way. Guess what? I want everybody to hear this. Because you've got to understand how the promises of God work. I didn't sit back and say, okay, God. Well, whenever you're ready, you'll get the building and uh, uh, you'll get the sound system. You'll, you'll get the chair. You'll just do all that. Because it's your will. You know, if you promise it, it's going to happen. No. 
Guess what? I didn't even, we didn't even have a clue where we were going to do it. Didn't even know. Didn't have a sound system. Didn't have chairs. Didn't have anything. Didn't know how we was going to get it. Because we didn't have no moolah. Somebody say amen. How many knows what that's like? Didn't have any moolah to do it. How many knows it takes money to do something? But you know what I did? I said, Karen, let's go. We'll start finding places. She'd call around. We'd call around old buildings. How much rent was here? How much rent was there? I mean, we were searching. We were searching. We wasn't passive. We was going to make this thing come forth. Some of y'all need to get a revelation. We was going to make this come forth. A little bit of time passed. Nothing was coming through. And then John here, the owner of this building, <clears throat> I said, John, you got any place to rent? He said, uh, uh, you got the church out there for rent? He said, somebody's already got it. And I said, okay, well, thank you. He, he messaged me early in the morning. He said, I've got a place. Meet me here. See if you want it. I didn't say, well, Lord, just put it on his heart just to give. No, come on. I went and met him. Somebody say Action. I went and met him. We came in here. This didn't look anywhere close to what you see now. If I was able to put a picture on there right now, I'd let you see it, and then a lot of y'all's jaws would go. But we said, this is it. This is it. God worked everything in our favor. Even in construction phase, God worked everything in our favor. I'm telling you what God will do when you step out. That means when you do something. All right, we got the building. Still didn't have chairs. Didn't even know how we was going to get chairs. Didn't know how we was going to get a uh, sound system. Didn't know. But we'd call around local businesses. Hey, would you like to sponsor this or do that? And would you like to help this church out and to, to get chairs and equipment and all that stuff? Nothing came through. We kept going. And then we finally got a job we was able to do that paid for the chairs. Uh, Aunt Jeannie sowed a seed and paid for the carpet. All this stuff happened. All right, we still didn't have a sound system, so we got chairs. But we didn't stop there. We kept going. All right, so then we needed a sound system. That takes a lot of money for a sound system. Got to talking with John. He's in the media and, 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 and you know, music and all that. He's into all that. And he said, listen, I've got an old PA. Now, it's old. He said, I used to use it years ago. He said, you can use that in the meantime. You can rent it out in the meantime until you get something. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've done that in the meantime. We didn't say, well, you know, if, God, if it's God's will, is this going to fall from the sky? No. We've done that in the meantime. But now we've got a very expensive sound system, a very nice sound system that God has blessed us with. And many of you have witnessed the growth of this church and how God has done great things here and how many people's lives have been changed and healed and touched and all this stuff. All that. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you real quick. Do you think any of that would have happened if we would have had that attitude? Well, God, whenever you make a way, we'll step out. I'm telling you right now, this church would not be open. If we had that attitude. So the things that I'm telling you tonight, I know from experience. You cannot sit back and say, well, I'm just going to wait on God. I'm just going to wait on God to do it. You've got to take a step of faith and you've got to jump out. And I promise you, every time that I've ever stepped out in faith, God has always met me. Somebody give Him some praise right now. He has always came through. He has always made a way. He's just looking for somebody to lean back on the rope. <laughs> somebody say amen. Ooh. Somebody come and play the piano. Whoever's going to play it. Praise God. Now watch this. If you don't get nothing else out of this message, write this down. If you got anything you could write this down, write this down. This is something the Lord gave me a while back. And it goes right with this message. Write it down. Write it down. Now listen. The enemy traps you by what you say. But, somebody say but. He releases you by what you do. 
My God, that's powerful. Let me say it one more time. He traps you by what you say. Most of you would never be going through the things you're going through right now if you had not have said what you said. So he traps you by what you say, but, watch this, but he releases you by what you do. My God, my God. That's a, that's a revelation and a half. You want the enemy to back up off of you? Do something. You want things to change in your life? You tired of the way your life is going? Do something. All of it starts with one action. Again, the woman with the issue of blood tried everything but God and only got worse and got broke in the process until one day she said, I am going to touch the hem of His garment. She said, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm not just going to think about it. The enemy had a hold on her. But guess what? When she done something, somebody said when she done something, he had to release her. My God, I feel this in this place. Let me tell you, when you start doing something, in other words, when you start doing what God said, the enemy's going to have to release you. Somebody give him praise in here tonight. He's going to have to let you go. Hallelujah. You say the enemy's attacked my body for years. Attacked it, attacked it, attacked it. Well, do something about it. You say what? Do something the enemy said you couldn't do. You can't walk down them steps. Watch me. Glory to God. You can't eat that sugar. Watch me. Oh, somebody better get something in here tonight. Oh, you can't play with your, your kids or your grandkids. Watch me. God gave me a word about you, Dad, a few days ago. Y'all know I normally don't do this, but I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. Gave you a word the other day. He's talking about how you started working out. Now watch this. When he started working out, he looked like a mummy. Wraps here, wraps, I mean just wraps everywhere. Aches and pains all over his body. But watch this. He kept going. Kept going. Some days, there'd be times he couldn't fully finish a workout. But the next day, he'd show up. Kept going. Kept going. And now the other day, he said, look at this. He was doing it. He, he was having a lot of shoulder pain. He said, I did the full set without shoulder pain. Now, that might not be anything extraordinary to you, but I guarantee it is to him. Because every time he tried to lift or do anything, it felt like a knife was sticking in his shoulder. But the point is, he didn't let it rule him. Are you hearing me? He didn't let it govern him. Because he had a vision. He's seen himself looking fit. Come on. He's seen himself looking skinty. He's seen himself looking muscular. And he wouldn't quit. I mean, we'd be in that building 87 degrees, sweat pouring now, and he wouldn't quit. You say, why are you telling all this? I'm telling you that if you want something, if you go after it, the enemy cannot stop you. Come on. The enemy cannot stop you. And he often, now watch, he often likes to say, well, I have control over this, but I don't have control over that. You didn't have control over that shoulder pain. But now you do. Why? Because of the actions of faith he took. Was it easy? Of course not. If you're looking for something easy, you're in the wrong place. It's not easy. Oh, but it's worth it.
It's worth it. See, you got to see yourself healed. You got to see yourself blessed. You got to see yourself happy, joyful. You got to see yourself as these things. See, when God promises you something, you got to start seeing it. Because if you start seeing it, He said, I turned my feet to your testimony. I seen what you wanted me to see. And now I'm going after, I'm making haste. Nothing's going to stop me. Again, as I close this message, if you want to do something, nothing's going to stop you. I said nothing's going to stop you. Uncle Tom back here had cancer. He's now cancer free because he refused to let it stop him. Do you hear what I said? Was it easy? Absolutely not. Was not easy. There are some people that would just say, well, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. You would die. But if you make up your mind, now Aunt Jeannie comes in here and says, he's mowing everybody's grass. He's, he's mowing grass. I said, that's good. You keep an act. You know what that's showing me? It's showing me that he's not letting it stop him. He's not using it as an excuse, but he's keeping going because he's got a vision. Come on, church. I got a vision. And I'm not going to let the enemy stop me. The Word of God is my comfort in affliction. I'm going to say it one more time, and I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. The enemy traps you by what you say, but he releases you by what you do. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet.